You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Right here in Las Vegas, GM of the Raiders, Mike Mayock, says this is a quote. We need to be a playoff team in 2021. Well, the Vegas odds disagree with their chances. Only a 19% chance, 19% to make the playoffs for the Raiders. Tampa Bay now is 100%, the entire organization vaccinated. But still, but still, the over-under win total is second to Kansas City for Tampa, and their Super Bowl odds are second. College football kicks off tonight. We've got a whole slate of analysis, and we'll really focus on the TV games. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, A.J. Hoffman. Some call him the wickedest man in the world. I don't. Some do. Sports bettors <laughs> listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the prosies. The Joan L.A. Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got a major matchup later on tonight in the Big Ten with Ohio State taking center stage. We've also got some news and notes from around the NFL to catch up on. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Let's start with the Raiders. It's in Vegas. Mike Mayock, his statement, and we've got the numbers to contradict or at least show it's a long shot. But also, we just did a preview on our podcast on the AFC West, and the Raiders was probably one of the teams that we were most befuddled by of any in the NFL. So it should be a good conversation. Yeah, and it is the uh, Raiders that are taking center stage for us here to start the show as uh, Mike Mayock, the general manager for the Raiders. He spoke for the first time with reporters since the NFL draft and said both he and John Gruden feel like they need to be a playoff team this year, the upcoming 2021 season. And if you look at the betting, so he said that John Gruden was also in that bucket? Yeah, John and I will both tell you. That we need to be. Okay. Yes. So here's the question. AJ, I'll start with you. What is the scenario that John Gruden gets fired? Uh, John Gruden was found to be on Epstein's Island. Like it, it would take or got massage therapy with Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Like it has to be something outrageous. He has to. He has to be going on dates are with Trevor saying, Bauer. Are you saying that John? Gr- <laughs> are you saying that John Gruden and? Deshaun Watson had a couple's massages where they were the couple, and I'm confused. <laughs> I'm saying that there's there's no amount of football games that he could lose this year that would put his job in jeopardy. Do you agree, Jonas? Yeah, I don't think it's happening this year for sure. All right, so then what are they saying? Like, I guess that's why I was trying to clarify, because if there's going to be like a hammer that comes down or heads rolling in the organization, and John as the head coach understands that, then that I can accept that statement. But the idea that John's job's at stake, Gruden, I don't see that at all. You, We all agree on that. What do you think they were saying here? I mean, it could be Mike Mayock saying, my job's on the line if we don't mm-hmm. win this year. But, but, but didn't he, wasn't it interesting that he made a point to say John and I – like how often do you hear the GM talking for the coach like that, right? They talk oh, for the especially- organization. Yeah, especially a guy as, as big of a, a name as John Gruden. It just doesn't happen. And with the power, the total power in the organization. Jonas, what do you think? 
Uh, I look at it and I think that they're probably letting it be known publicly that they understand before people start making their comments where they're at, that that this is crunch time. They've got to start putting together some W's. Um, I, I think if, they, if it goes really poorly this year, there's an outside chance maybe Gruden goes, maybe, Gruden, maybe Mayock's in the same boat. But, but I think that they're probably going to get another year. This will be the year and next year will be actually the year that the clock is ticking on, on both of them in Las Vegas. I don't think it's even possible this I, I literally believe if they went 0 and 16 or 0 and 17 that Gruden wouldn't get fired. And here's why, in my opinion. It's because of the financial constraints, limitations, troubles that are whispered about and not whispered as much as said by people who aren't screaming necessarily from first take or uh, undisputed. And when I say screaming, I wasn't talking about the shows. They scream. I mean, like this is something people are saying, but it's just not a lead story that there's real financial trouble with the Raiders. And you would have thought, you know, the main reason to move to Vegas by all accounts was the superior financial position the Raiders would be in being located in Vegas. And it has helped. But then you add in COVID, you know, one's a big plus, one's a big minus, and it feels like the Raiders are worse off today than they were two or three years ago. Why do I say that? Because they made a number of decisions in the offseason that had no rhyme or reason other than financial savings, which were pretty modest. Um, Mackenzie, maybe look up the center they lost Like, how much money was he owed? It's like they had a pretty, let's just say this, whatever their offensive line was with the Raiders, it got way worse. And the amount of money, and it was choices. It was the Raiders saying, nah, it's almost like like you're at the um, cafeteria, and every it's not like an all-you-can-eat, so every item, and you decide, I'm just going to get a little salad and water. And then if you're hungry, it's like, well, of course they're hungry because they didn't get any food. Well, why didn't they get any food? Because they didn't have any money, so it was a must choice. It feels like the Raiders made a choice here that it would be irrational to make if they had a choice to spend the money because it wasn't a major amount, and we'll get those numbers when, Mackenzie, just speak up when there's a pause whenever you got yeah, them. so their center Hudson, or their last year's center, is making $10 million. His cap hit's only $2.9 million, RJ. So two point nine million. So they pretty much had paid him, you know, in, in regards to the cap hit. And so think about it. When we talk about the cap hit, we act like the real money doesn't exist. Because, oh look, so if they cut him, it's fifty eight million of dead money. We never talk about the cash flow. You know why? They're billionaires and the cash flow in these amounts don't really, they care, but they're never going to necessarily, because the cap makes sure they can't spend too much. So as long, now, if it was uncapped, Yankees, Dodgers, and baseball, you could make the case at a certain point, a lot of owners are going to get concerned about the money. But since the amount is generally dictated, you know, within a range in the NFL, all the owners kind of got to pay what they pay. But now it's the Raiders are making decisions to save 300000 here. or I mean, like crazy modest amounts where you're losing starters. And it, to me, it speaks strongly to how low the Raiders over-under is when it comes to wins. This is a team you could make the case, a celebrity coach, trending 
upwards a little bit. It felt like, hey, they're making some strides. This is year, what, four for Gruden. And their win total right now in some spots is seven. Seven and ten is what the and they haven't gone that poorly in any of Gruden's years, right? Well, they were eight and eight last year, so they, I mean, there's expected to be a, a significant drop off. You're talking going under seven now. Yeah, well, well, seven being the number. So, to me, my first instinct was to go over Raiders, but then when I started understanding these financial decisions that are net negative for the team, the performance on the field, they might be made the rest of the year. Who knows if they cut some veteran at some point that they, you know, I don't want to bet season long any team, the only team in the NFL that's cutting corners for modest amounts of money compared to the NFL's salaries. And that to me is one of the biggest red flags. And I'm going to throw it to Jonas to get his thoughts. But what's so fascinating is this is the only team that there's like this major difference. Like half the books have them at seven and half wins and half have them at seven and a half, the Raiders. And I, you don't ever see that. It's almost like there's books that got this information that they're afraid of the Raiders and the financial side, and it's at seven. And the other books are oblivious to it, and they're saying seven and a half. I don't know what else could explain the, the amount, the range between the different odds offered on the Raiders. Very curious. Jonas, what do you think? Uh, they're the worst team in the division, right? Oh, I mean, I mean the yeah, Chargers? I think, right? Yeah, I think Denver. the Chargers are better. I think Denver's better. Kansas City's clearly better. I think they're the worst team in the division by I far. I think you're right, yeah. I, I, I question Denver. I don't know why there's so much love for Denver. Nothing's changed from last year, and that team won five games. Yeah, but but what's Denver, Denver's over-under right now is 8.5 moving to 9, right? Raiders is 7. So or let's call it 7.25. So there's no debate that the market – is 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 considers Denver the better team. Yes. Now, if you believe Denver is way underrated and the Raiders are way overrated, AJ, or I'm sorry, if you believe Opposite. Denver is overrated, the Raiders are underrated, I don't even think you could have those feelings enough to have them converge. You no. can't, there can't be a, a like three quarters of a game off on both of the teams. Uh, so even in your, you know, crazy AJ land, I don't think that Denver is worse than, than, than the, not crazy, different, we'll say, yeah. different, unconventional. <laughs> um, so, Jonas, you said the worst team in the division. Yeah. Meaning what? I mean, yeah, it's an interesting observation, but how does it speak to how good they are? Do you think seven is too low, too high? What do you think? I, that feels about right because if we say they're the worst team in the division and we think Kansas City is a playoff team, we think we think Denver is up and coming, um, we think the Chargers have their franchise quarterback and they're up and coming, it's like what what room is there left for the Raiders? Like who was the best last-place team Arizona. in the division last year? Well, and, I, and, this year, and what were they? Yeah, yeah, and so I'm just looking around the league thinking because San, San Fran was last last year because of the injuries. Yeah, and this is the power of the contract, as you pointed out, because any other place in the NFL right now, if you had a coach come in and go four and twelve, seven and nine, eight and eight, and seven and ten, he's gone. It, like th- this I isn't agree. even a conversation. So the fact that he's there and it's a long shot that he's going to get fired, I just, I, I mean. I don't know, man. This just does not seem like a good spot for them to be in with everybody in the division improving. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. But let's think about the last numbers that Jonas ticked off. He said started 4-12, and okay? It was a rebuilding situation. Second year, 7-9. and So plus three games. That's a nice jump. 
Last year, the third year, eight and eight, another jump. When do you see a coach entering his fourth year with retaining his quarterback, who maybe the 12th, 14th best quarterback, I think is the consensus? Carr somewhere between 12 and 15, we'll say. So an above average quarterback that had maybe his, at worst, his second best year last year. So he's trending in a good direction. He's an above-average quarterback. You've got a famous coach that's on a monster contract entering his fourth year. And lo and behold, the first year to the second year was an improvement. Second to third was an improvement. But now, third to fourth, without anything really to say, here's why they're so much worse, like losing your quarterback or whatever— they're expected to win seven of 17. So that's not only a one-game downgrade from eight wins last year to seven, but it's about a one-and-a-half game downgrade because assuming a half a win for the 17th and the Raiders are supposed to win about half their game, so that's fair. They're actually downgrading a team by a game and a half, and there's no obvious reason to do it. If I said, Jonas, why are the Raiders downgraded by a game and a half from last year what would the answer be? Uh, the the division. The uh, everyone, but Kansas City was great last year. So you're saying Denver's going to be a little bit better I, and I the think Char- De- Chargers are going to be a little yeah, better. Yeah, I think the Chargers are getting a lot of love. I think Denver's getting a ton of love. You guys have talked about it, just how much the books have really started to slide towards Denver's way. And I just think they look at that division and go, there's crumbs mm. left, and, I, and it's just not enough for the Raiders. So just back a napkin, if we assume that it's about – a 10% better chance the Raiders are going to lose because of the Chargers' improvement and 10% for Denver. And some people think Denver's worse than the Raiders, but we'll just say that is that's going to be four games times a tenth of a game for each one. So it'd be like four tenths of a game. So that would attribute, you know, back a napkin to about half a win, but there's still a, there's a win and a half to cover. So what now? What? And I'm not asking you to answer for it because it doesn't make any sense to me. AJ, do you? What would you say? I, I would agree. It's hard to get the math there. And I think what we're seeing is the smart betters are saying if you got an owner that is having trouble making, you know, I don't want to say he's having trouble making salary, whatever financial straits they're in, trying to bridge out of, it scares the heck out of the wise guys that some decision they're going to make coming in the future is going to hurt them before the end of the year. It'll be interesting to see, but I don't see any other reason why the Raiders would be so low. All right. Oh, closing thought, Jonas. I was just going to ask, when did when did the rumblings start to happen? And maybe we save this for another segment, that you started to hear that the Raiders were interested in Las Vegas. Because if the timelines add up, this could have been John Gruden was hired as the presentation to Las Vegas. This yes. is who we're bringing with us. And and I just wonder if this was more about the name as opposed to, you know, the accolades or maybe what they expected from him when he did get hired. Well, Jonas, this just shows you now you're doing hours and hours of other shows <laughs> is one of the first main rants I ever did on this show was how John Gruden and the Raiders specifically were playing a different game. Right. It wasn't about wins and losses on the field at the time. It was about bridging from Oakland to Las Vegas. You remember that now a little bit? Yeah. So I agree with you. Right. Is that. And you know what? It was a success because the number of games they win or lose, they got to. To me, it wasn't just being welcomed in Vegas. It was getting to Vegas. Yeah. 
And they not only got here, but were welcomed here and got a great stadium. And in 10 years, this is going to be a memory. And the and Davis is going to be very wealthy. Right now, he's scrounging. All right, so we'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to look at the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't understand the Raiders and their win total. I don't understand how Kansas City has a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Tampa Bay. We're going to get into it. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Football is almost here, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. As the season quickly approaches, DraftKings is your one-stop shop to make it rain all season long. To bring you even closer to the action, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars during week one. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, now is the perfect time to test your strategy. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap and you see how your team stacks up against the competition nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at huge cash prizes and while you're perfecting your daily fantasy skills don't forget to check out DraftKings free to play pools where there is even more cash up for grabs head to the app now download the DraftKings app now and use code RJ for a limited time new players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one don't miss out on the action enter code RJ. That's code RJ to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code RJ only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at an announcement made by the defending Super Bowl champs. Jonas, AJ during the break said, you know, Jonas was good in that segment. Hmm. Like, like, I don't really. Why is everything got to be a bad thing? I mean, what? But like, when you grunted that noise, like, like almost like like a pig was flying or something. It was weird. It was weird. What do you think, Jonas? He meant by that? I I I just always think I'm mediocre. Like I don't. That's, so you're that's just surprised my, that he thought you were good. Yeah. I mean, any, anything above average, I'm I'm cool with. Thank you. I thought I'll you were well it. above average that segment, okay, well, Jonas. Hey, listen, it's a, there's a first for everything. I appreciate it. <laughs> So to wrap up on the Raiders, 19% chance they make the playoffs. And during the Gruden tenure with Mayock, straight up record 19 and 29. That's below 500. 40% straight up. They've lost by an average of a touchdown per game exactly. And they're only 46% against the spread. So losers straight up, losers against the spread and unlikely to make the playoffs this year. And allegedly broke. Not Gruden, <laughs> but the Raiders. But I think it's all going to work out. That's the amazing part of it. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard. Every day, 
to bring the best show we can. And if there's a mediocre person there, we're not going to judge that. We're just going to keep, you know, if AJ's struggling, that's fine, too. We're going to keep working extra hard. Right, AJ? That's right. That's right. That's all we can do. <laughs> you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 99 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, the big conversation in the NFL this offseason has been vaccinations and the number of vaccinated players per each team with the upcoming season right around the corner. And it was announced earlier today, defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their head coach, Bruce Arian, says the entire organization is vaccinated 100% from Bruce Arians and the Bucs. Number one, whatever your political beliefs this is a net positive for Tampa Bay. Why? The practical reality that it's easier to just go day by day with the entire team vaccinated. Uh, the hassles, some would say they were purposely made to be arduous to not be vaccinated. And it was such a hassle, maybe it tempts people to get vaccinated. That doesn't have to be faced by anyone within the organization. Advantage. The chance of someone having to sit out because of COVID and miss practice or games decreases. Advantage. And maybe not as obvious, but finally, is there's the dissension or lack thereof. There's no dissension. Oh, he's not vaccinated. Are you going to get vaccinated? None of that. It's, it's a non-factor. And wherever else it is a factor and a distraction, it's not in Tampa Bay. AJ, first, do you agree with my assessment? Anything to add? I, I've said all along, I think if, if you have the choice to have a vaccinated player or an equal unvaccinated player, every coach in the league is going to prefer taking that vaccinated player, wh whether they can admit it or not. And I think the fact that Tom Brady is such a – a big presence in a locker room. I think he's the, maybe the one guy in the league that if he says, hey, this is what we need to do to win, everybody's going to follow him because that's the one guy who knows how to win. That is a great point. And let's think about this. Brady was able to motivate the team to do like, and, and wasn't it interesting, I was going to talk about off-season workouts, that when Brady said, you know, I think that they're, the, the teams are asking too much of the players for offseason. This is ridiculous. The league or the union has to stand up. It's like, wait a minute. He's got his own team practicing more and harder, and now he's telling everyone else, you relax. Have an ice cream cone and relax. I'll be over here eating uh, kelp um, French fries. And he's trying. It's one thing for him to do what he thinks is right, but the idea he's trying to get everyone out. I I'm surprised he's not sending like 50 pounds or gallons of ice cream to each of the. Wouldn't that be funny? How much news would that be if Brady sent like a 50 gallons of, or, or like one gallon for every team member to the other three teams in his division? How great would that be, Jones? <laughs> uh, it's a good move. Uh, and, and and if you know uh, players, they like to get after it a little bit post-game. So, With ice you know, cream. They, yeah, they, they'll, you know, well, some other things. Well, too, <laughs> depending, depending on where you're at. So to wrap my point on it, Brady has been using his brand, using his influence when it comes to the effort level of these guys. Guys taking pay cuts. I mean, you really think they would have – if Brady retires – do they resign? Or even if it's not Brady, it's someone as good as Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is on this team. They lose two players probably. 
and AB doesn't go to start with, and 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 Gronk doesn't go. I mean, Brady is like, you know. Apparently, he had a big say in the offense post by last year. So he's like half offensive coordinator, full quarterback, playing on a busted knee, you know, like a torn whatever it was on his knee the whole season. And then he's like the GM by recruiting people and negotiating contracts down. I got to tell you something. And now he's making sure everyone gets vaccinated. Tom Brady, he is the GOAT. (laughs) The great (laughs) uniter. (laughs) Jonas, what do you think in general? I, I, just, I think this has been the perfect off season for Tampa Bay. Like, like if you think about it, you, want, you know, you think about what could go wrong, and you talk about, well, you know, you want a Super Bowl. What could go wrong? Guys could leave for for free agency afterwards. Nobody left. Uh, well, you know, there could be uh, there could be some injuries and. There were no injuries. In fact, not only were there not injuries, Tom Brady got a surgery done on a knee that he's been needing to get done for a couple of years, apparently. And then COVID comes. There could be a, you know, a divide in the locker room between vaccinated and unvaccinated, and that's all squashed. Like It really has been the perfect offseason as far as potential landmines for a defending champion going into the year. I agree, and it makes it all the more surprising, befuddling, irrational that the Kansas City Chiefs are clearly the Super Bowl favorites. And I totally understand that right now Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. Some might say he's better than Tom Brady's ever been. I mean, a lot of people would say that, like serious, smart people. I'm not sure that I wouldn't agree if it's regular season. But... Other than Mahomes, and it's not that much of an upgrade. I mean, Brady last year was a top five quarterback. So Mahomes is one, Brady's four, let's say. Okay. Now, Hill is, in my opinion, the best receiver in football. But how much better is he? And if you take the receiving corps or core in general, (laughs) there's no corpses. In general, I would say that, let me ask you, AJ, is, is Tampa Bay... With their full receiving contingent, and let's count tight ends, about equal at the skill positions at receiver and tight end than Kansas City? Probably uh, probably not as top-heavy, but I would say certainly deeper. And if Antonio yeah, Brown yeah, returns I, I to form at all... That's obvious, right? So if, if Antonio Brown returns to pre-Tampa form, like if he's... And he was actually pretty good last year, but if, he, if he's a shell of what he was or even close to what he was. I think that you've got some, because Mike Evans is not a slouch by any stretch and Chris Godwin's a great number two. I think, yeah, I think that so Tampa's pretty it, serious. Did you give an answer at any point? They are close. Okay, that's that's fair. Jones, you agree with that? Pretty close call? Yeah, I think if you were to rank top five skill position players between Kansas City and Tampa Bay, I think Kansas City would have one and two, and Tampa would probably finish out the top five. Meaning and Tyree if, if, Kill if, if it was and, a top ten, Kelsey. Tampa would finish out the top ten probably. Yeah, I, yeah, like if just... I mean, there might be a couple of guys that would slide in, um, but yeah, I think majority would go to Tampa Bay. All right, so if we're saying receivers are generally equal... Quarterback is a slight edge, or uh, let's say an edge for Kansas City. And then on defense, you got one a top five defense against maybe, what, the 25th best defense in Kansas City? Yeah, Tampa's clearly better defensively. I yeah. mean, it, it's not even close. It's a top five versus a below average. That's the safest way to say it. Okay, 
how in the heck is Kansas City with a remade offensive line? Now, it might be good, but there's big uncertainty there. I I got to be honest. I know there's the small ch- or the chance that Brady hits the wall and is just horrible. But, man, oh, man, I don't want to bet that. This is an example, in my opinion, of the analytics guys that are really respected. They carry a lot of weight, and they love Kansas City just in general. And the betters hear it, and they think, I don't want to go. I don't want to be like Charles Barkley and sound stupid. I don't like analytics. And, and I really believe this is like a lingering effect because what I can promise you is the Super Bowl betting pool is a square pool, which means there's a lot of recreational betters. To whatever degree you could think Kansas City is better than Tampa, that's a sharp opinion, meaning you'd have to look at it from some weird angles. The obvious Barney at the bar answer is Tampa Bay. The defending champions with the greatest quarterback of all time are better than the team they beat. And the fact that even in a square pool, Kansas City is favored, it shows a love for Kansas City that I think is borderline irrational. We'll continue this conversation. And also, and we're going to do this before the break, we're going to look at the 7 o'clock start tonight in college football. Okay, so Tampa Bay, everything going right. Still, though, not the favorites. If no one knows, we don't have to belabor the point, but does anyone have any idea why Kansas City could rationally, by the fans in a square pool, be favored, AJ? I thought about the idea that Kansas City played in a division last year where they were the only team with a winning record, but then the the Bucks play in a division with two bad teams in Carolina and Atlanta, and a team in New Orleans that has a clear down arrow. So even that, it's oh, not a, I mean, there's yeah, not a the big three, difference. The three other teams clearly... The uh, AFC West is superior to the south of the NFC if you take out uh, Tampa and Kansas City. So, yeah, I I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, it's befuddling. Maybe there's more quality teams at the top in the NFC, so maybe the road to get there is tougher. I think that's the opposite. Like, think about it. Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, Packers. Those are all real. Chiefs and the Bucks. It goes Ravens, Browns. uh, Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, so. think about it. I mean, th- I, I, maybe we have a bet here. The other one, sorry. Maybe we have a bet here. Is I take the Bills, I'll take the Browns, and I'll take the Ravens, and you take three teams in the NFC other than Tampa Bay because I didn't take no, Kansas City. I, I already hate this bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jonas, when you word the, it like that, I hate this bet. That's yeah. the beauty, Jonas, <laughs> is when the, you can bet at any time, the BS just dries up. I love it. <laughs> Let's take a look at the 7 o'clock game tonight. We got uh, Boise and uh, – UCF. Yeah, it is yep. a UCF and Boise State on pregame.com. Uh, UCF is a six-and-a-half-point favorite now. And, AJ, you've got a handicap. Yeah, we, we gave this out yesterday, and it was five, and now the number's at six-and-a-half. I still recommend to play at six-and-a-half. What, what are you implying? <laughs> I, I'm implying that the, the power of, of R.J. Bell's radio show must have made a huge <laughs> impact on the market. Well, 
Are, now are you being sarcastic? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But well, I, I do, I do think that there is there is some reason to be positive about Central Florida. And if this number were to get to seven, it'd be a pass for me. But anything under seven, I'm still calling a play on Central Florida. I talked about it yesterday. All five starters on the O line are back. Uh, Gabriel's an outstanding quarterback going into his third year. He's gotten better each year. And, and Boise is is basically starting over on defense. They gave up a ton last year, over 30 points per game, four of their seven games, and they only forced three turnovers last year. So, And it's the first time Boise will be playing in front of a crowd since 2019, and they're going to be playing in front of a big one down there at Central Florida. All right, so you have a best bet on the favorite here, UCF. Yesterday you gave it out at a lower number. Now it's six and a half. You know, Jonas, he didn't – he wasn't around – when I single-handedly got the prop about Ramadan taken off the board, <laughs> you remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think Fez also got the XFL shut down. I mean, uh, but yeah. but again, when hey, listen, <laughs> if you're from his, I mean, all I would say is if you're from his background, you would think small. So I mean, I'm not in any way <laughs> saying I blame AJ, but we'll get him thinking bigger when we come back. More from AJ. The Ohio State University in the mix. And we're going to talk about the Big 12 and this idea of bringing in some teams. Is this good or bad for the Big 12? That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we've got a good one kicking off a little over an hour from now on Fox. It is Big Ten play. It is your Ohio State Buckeyes, number four in the country, opening up the season at Minnesota. And right now it is the Buckeyes, a 13.5-point favorite on pregame.com. Quick question, Jonas, is is there anywhere in your write-up for the game that has famous alum, alums from Ohio State? Uh, that can be arranged. It's a long okay. season. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. All right. A.J. Hoffman, who graduated from – did you graduate college, A.J.? I did. When? Uh, when? Uh, 2004. I, I mean, was it, like a, was it like a correspondence? Yes. It was online. It was the University of uh, – of, uh, not Phoenix, but it's the University of Tucson. It's a it's feeder school. Is that correct? No, I went to Belmont University. Where's that at? In Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't even know that. You were in Nashville for four years. Yeah. Did you get into country music? Uh, no, not really. Uh, but I went to school for music. I was, I was basically at a music school. Wow. The, the, the more you know. All right. Anyway, give us the handicap. <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about music once. Uh, well, I, I don't talk about it often, but <laughs> I, I, I did I did want to mention, though, uh, R.L. Stein, the most famous uh, Ohio State alum, right? I don't think so. Art Sleetster. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, there you go. Uh, 
listen, the 13 and a half is, is kind of taking me off of leaning Minnesota. I, I wanted Minnesota because I think it's an under game. Uh, P.J. Fleck wants to establish the run. He wants to control the clock. That's what Minnesota does. And they're really kind of set up for success in that way because they return one of the best running backs in Ibrahim in the Big Ten. They return all five offensive linemen. They want to keep Ohio State off the field. And the more if they can limit the number of possessions, they give themselves a decent shot. And on the other side of the ball, Ohio State has a brand-new quarterback in C.J. Stroud who I think eventually Ryan Day is going to start to, to you know, take advantage of having probably the best wide receiver duo in the country. But early on, he's indicated that Stroud is going to be handed the offense slowly. It's not going to be all at once. So I think tonight is a night they want to keep a lot of pressure off of Stroud. I think both teams run the ball. I think the clock moves. And there's weather in the the forecast up there in Minnesota. So I lean under 61 tonight in this game. The number coming off 14 takes me away from any any action on Minnesota, though. So the late money on Minnesota. And to me, this game answers the question, does Ohio State reload? Does Alabama? You know, there's a couple of teams. Clemson. Clemson that, yeah, these are the teams that seemingly the fact that all three of those teams have new quarterbacks and you think, oh, my God, down year. It's like, well, no, actually, these are the three favorites. It's like, do they reload? And if so, do they reload the first game? And if so, does they play it so conservative that they maybe win by 10 because they can almost guarantee, but not guarantee, but have a high chance of winning, but not try to extend the lead because that means playing high variance and you might lose, right? It's If you say, I'm going to try to win by 30, when you're a 14 or point favor, 13 and a half, you actually have a better chance of losing than if you said, I don't care how much I win by, I just want to win. Because what do you do when you're up 21? If you're trying to win by 30, you keep doing risky stuff, whereas that gives a small chance for the other team to come back. Jonas, any thoughts on the game? I just think there's a couple of games this weekend. Penn State at Wisconsin, this one Ohio State at Minnesota. I don't know how often team it is that teams open up with conference play in week one. Like like normally you'll mm. see a neutral site game against a non-conference opponent, but these are these are now live bullets. This could have an impact on the season moving forward, and I, I just think it's a gutsy move by any team that's going to go on the road in conference to open up your season. And obviously no preseason yeah. in college football. Well, think Johnny, about the game, the, the, the Georgia-Clemson game. Like, it could be literally a, a playoff eliminator in week one. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it, and so we're, we're certain it's only going to be the four teams this year, right? Only four teams in the yeah. playoff this year, There's yes. There's no yep. chance otherwise. Okay, real quick, we're down to the end of it, is AJ, obviously with the Big 12 and the potential news of bringing some teams in, Obviously, losing Texas, Oklahoma is bigger than whoever they bring in. But given the options right now the Big 12 seems to have, what do you think about this rumor if it came true? I think it's it, – besides adding or, or you know those teams sprinkling into the ACC or the Pac-12 or the Big 10, which so I don't think those real, conferences were interested in, I think quick, this AJ, is the best-case scenario. Real quick, can you lay out the teams that, that are rumored to come in? 
Yep, BYU, Houston, Central Florida, and Cincinnati rumored to be leaving. Uh, BYU from the Mountain West and Independent in football, uh, and then the other three schools from the American Conference. The rumor is that they could be the teams that join the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma leave, which would actually bring the Big 12 back to 12 teams for the first time in some time. Uh, so it, but the Big 12 desperately trying to hang on to Power 5 uh, consideration. Thank you. Thanks, Jonas. It's straight out of Vegas, brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!